You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and tonight it's the last show of 2018. So we're starting off with Ron Forrestal's wine recommendations for the festive season. After that we have some of your Christmas memories including a very special one by Manuela Spinelli and The Mindful Farmer. And then finally at the end of the show we have a reminder of that time a few years ago when I was lucky enough to get an exclusive interview with Santa for the show. So stay tuned for a reminder about what he really likes to eat when he's doing the rounds on Christmas Eve. But before all of that, let me remind you how to get in touch with me here at The Best Possible Taste. The email is s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation or you can find me on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. Now at this time of year we can get a bit carried away when it comes to shopping for food and alcohol. If you're a wine connoisseur you'll be familiar with what wines pair well with different elements of the Christmas dinner and last year in the run-up to the festive season our resident wine guru Ron Forrestal from Forrestal Wine Merchants paid a visit to the studio. So let's remind ourselves of his vino suggestions and recommendations. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Ron, you're welcome to the studio and we're going to talk about our Christmas wines tonight. Yes, uh, Sharon, uh, thanks very much and happy Christmas. Um, I suppose Christmas is a time of year where people who wine up might, might be their first choice of a drink definitely will come across it in some way or another over, over December. So um, uh, it's important to probably to find products that you, you can drink happily when you sit out or having dinner with somebody or in a group. Uh, what to look for maybe that might help. And we feel the need to stock up in large quantities, <laughs> I find. And the earlier we stock up, the more we tend to buy true, because yeah. we get through it so much quicker then. It is. I mean, you have so many days, you know, where people are, are so busy. And so I always find that it's so hectic up to it for everybody, no matter what kind of business you're in. And then it just all stops, you know, and then there's the sitting around thing for a week or so, which is uh, remarkable, really. And that's when people have a glass of wine, you know, and have uh, the people calling over how many times do you see anyone come to your house for the rest of the year? You know, it's, the, it's probably the one time when people do. It's important to have some wine. Wine's good value. You know, if you're trying to find what somebody else drinks, besides that, you know, or what are you going to stock? Half a dozen different spirits or something to figure out what somebody wants. But at least you can take out a bottle of wine or you can take out a beer and offer a beer. Uh, so they're very straightforward and much easier. So, you know, you, you can be buying it to have it in the house yourself, to drink yourself and for visitors and also for gifts. Yes. So you have a few different suggestions here that can fit all different whatever we need them to do. Yes. And of course, of course, we'll start with bubbles. I think that's nice to start with a bit of fizz. Well, yes, yeah. I brought a couple here today. Prosecco is just so hugely popular. Champagne is, is getting a little more popular again. Just the price is very prohibitive. That it's, it's um, a good bottle of champagne is going to cost you around 40 euros, um, where you're probably getting three bottles of Prosecco for that. Uh, you're getting two decent bottles of Prosecco. And is champagne much drier? I find much it's drier. much drier. Yeah, the funny thing is that we were talking about this with a champagne company uh, a couple of years ago. They were saying champagne will get its day back again. You know, it's the it's the classic drink. It's the classic bubble. And it will get its day back again. And uh, there was a guy from, uh, from Italy there who wasn't selling Prosecco now, but there was a guy from Italy there and he said, funny thing, I don't think so because people have got used to drinking Prosecco, which is much sweeter full of sugar much sweeter than uh, champagne is 
And he said, I don't think they'll go back because it's not, it's not like they were drinking champagne, they're now drinking Prosecco. They, they, they always have been drinking Prosecco. They just don't see why. And he said, champagne is what you said. It's too dry, it's too biscuity. You can drink a couple of glasses, but that tends to be it. Whereas people can drink a lot of Prosecco. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a few glasses of Prosecco and, and feel like it's a, a drink for the night if you feel like it. And we have these, with that in mind, the, you know, the thing about Prosecco is that once you open the bottle, you have to drink it. It, it doesn't last. The bubbles are going to die out. It's pressurised inside the bottle. And once the pressure is let out, the bubbles go. So we have these um, 200 ml, which are the smaller bottles. We have a couple of different uh, varieties of them, a couple of different qualities of them as well. Um, but this is probably the top-in quality. La Marsa Prosecco has a pop-off cork, champagne cork. Um, now, they're not that cheap, but they're perfect to have. Just to have a few of them, a half dozen of them, you'd get nearly two glasses, two standard champagne glasses out of them. And they're just beautiful. You have them in the fridge. They're easily stored and they're lovely. I think they're ideal. Yeah, especially as you say, if you are if you don't have somebody to help you drink or two yeah, or three people to help you drink the bottle and you do like to have one or two glasses of it, they are ideal for that. I think they're perfect. Um, and, you know, they cost, they cost around like five or six euros. They're not cheap now. But then again, you're getting a really good product. Uh, then we have another one, which is a more uh, a screw cap version one, costing around four euros a bottle, which is better value. Uh, hasn't got as much of a bubble as this one would have, though. And is that a frizzante that you have yes. there as well with the screw top? And that is a, it is a Prosecco as well. Yes, and this is great value. You're talking about 11 euros a bottle uh, from a very good producer, which is San Osvaldo. Um, it's produced in the winery, as in it's the, the process is the same process they use to make pop-off cork one, um, with the bottle being pressurised. Lovely product, really, really good bubble. But again, it needs to be drank pretty quickly. It's the kind of thing you need to open and serve out fairly quickly. Within an hour or two, anyway. I want to ask you about the alcohol level. Um, what's it's not that high. It's 11%. Yeah. Is the smaller bottle yeah, the same? Yeah, it's about the same. I think it's 11. And would champagne yeah. be more or less the not same, or higher. would it be more than that? No, not much higher either. Generally around 11, 11 and a half, 12 in a very exceptions. Because yeah. I think that makes a huge difference. You know, when some of the reds that you go, it could yeah, be 14, yeah, like, 14, 15, you know, 16 in some cases. Yeah, yeah, like that's just really blue. And they mature a bit as well, the reds. So there is a bit of concentration on the alcohol. Mm-hmm. So the alcohol doesn't go down when the reds go into the bottle. If anything, it goes up a slight bit, mm-hmm. a degree or two. So they're a real drink. And of course, the Prosecco is all from Italy. Yes, within the Prosecco region. Because that is an area like Champagne, Absolutely. it's an area in France. Then you have Spumante, which is the other, um, the other region which produces sparkling wine in Tell us a bit about the Asti Spumante now. I think that would yeah. have been a big thing about 20 years ago. I remember from my, was my 18th or my 21st, Dad was like, let's get her a few bottles of Asti Spumante. And we yeah. thought we were drinking champagne. You don't see it at all anymore. Um, um, it's a low alcohol. It has a relative low alcohol at about 6 or 7%. Is think. it as yeah. low as that? Yeah, it's, it's a, because it has some fruit juice added and things to it. It's not a clean and clear wine. You know what I mean? It's more of an addition. And then you have Lambrusco. Lambrusco was the original thing that people used to drink. That was probably one of the first wine products that came into the country and was put into a bar. Because you could get small bottles of Lambrusco, like small single-serve bottles of Lambrusco, 25 years ago, uh, because the English market wanted them. And that was a fruit juice added to wine with a bit of bubble, small bit of bubble, and made it very drinkable. Just like West Coast Cooler for all the world, you know, very similar kind of product. And I think I said this to you before that whenever I was doing the research for the food tour that I dis- I discovered that Jeff Reed, who was involved mm. in Ballygown Water, he was the first person to introduce the little bottles of wine into Ireland under the name of Grape Expectations, which oh, I thought was a great name for a company. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there you go. He's a great guy. It's just yeah. a little bit of trivia yeah, there that I discovered. Now you have, is that two red you have and two one reds. white? Um, okay. Yeah, I brought, well I suppose the reason I put a white about it, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, because New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, the sales go up and up at this time of year, because people who normally drink like a Chilean Sauvignon Blanc might go a little more up market towards Christmas, and that tends to be New Zealand. Uh, this is Kono, uh, first Maori owned, um, 100% Maori owned vineyard um, in Marlborough. Um, it's a fantastic Sauvignon Blanc, costing around 13 euros a bottle. Is this a very light in colour Sauvignon Blanc? Are they usually as light as that? Yeah, they tend to be all that kind of colour. Yeah. The bottle is clear in that one, so it makes it has a slight green tinge, which makes it uh, look like that. But yeah, they tend to be all that colour. And that's 12.5%. Mm. Um, and it contains sulfates. Does that mean it gives you a really bad hangover? Not at all. They all do. Every one of them <laughs> contains sulfates. It's so hard to get something that doesn't contain sulfates. It's used to filter it, so there's just no other. Yeah, I was at, at an event there a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about the biodynamic wines and all of that. And I'd said, "Are those the ones that don't give you a hangover?" He said, "Look, Sharon, it's like this: if you drink too much of it, it's going to give you a hangover." So, and particularly if you mix them, mix them as tends to be the biggest issue for people. Yeah, particularly if you go drinking prosecco and then wine. Yeah, you were saying stick to the prosecco. Stick to one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Or go onto the water. That's it. I take a water every now and again, which really helps. So then there's a there's a then I brought a Bordeaux. This is a, Bordeaux, a very good value Bordeaux. It's a Bordeaux AC, which is the appellation control in in um, Bordeaux. Uh, this is a blend of uh, Cabernet Merlot, Cabernet Franc, three great varieties, but a lovely drink and great great value at about ten or eleven euros a bottle. Great product. Really goes well in restaurants. And you know, we always make some reference to labelling and packaging whenever we're talking about the wine and this bottle looks it looks really expensive it just mm. looks like a real old exactly yeah keep it save it put it away bottle of french wine yeah but it's not now it's it's to be drank pretty young like within a few years it's not meant to be put away and mm-hmm. for your kids graduation or anything you and know, how much did you say that is 11 euros a bottle okay so these are they're all very affordable these these bottles. yeah the last yeah. one that i picked is for people who like <clears throat> the reason I, it's a pinot noir it's for, uh, from burgundy and the reason i picked a pinot noir is because particularly if you're looking at christmas day uh, it's nice to have something that isn't too heavy and Pinot Noir is pretty light because you're eating so early in the day that it's to drink a, an Australian Shiraz or something would, you know it'll put you out by 6 o'clock you'll be asleep somewhere on a couch whereas at least if you drink something a little bit lighter you have more of a chance of, of lasting the day So the three the last three wines the Sauvignon Blanc and the Bordeaux and the Pinot Noir would you recommend those to go with if you're having a traditional yeah, turkey absolutely. Christmas yeah. dinner? I particularly take the last one the Pinot Noir I think is a fantastic but Sauvignon Blanc always works because people not so much with turkey but what you're going to have before it which tends to be like smoked salmon or you know some kind of salad or whatever it may be that tends to work very well with that um, but I think the this Pinot Noir works very well with turkey again I said this before it's not so much the turkey, it's what goes with the turkey is what you have to worry about. Because turkey is very bland, you know, it's very, it's all the rest of the stuff that goes with it, you need to think about. So the mushy Brussels sprouts. And exactly, yeah. And the heavy gravy and, you know, the um, stuffing, which is probably the most powerful tasting thing in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and roast potatoes. And you have so many flavours going on. Um, but I think this Pinot Noir, and it's a bright film, it, it's a really, this is reserve, um, it's a fantastic product, costing around 15 euros a bottle now. It's a bit dear. Okay. But I think they're a great drink. And then for dessert, you do a lovely dessert wine by, is it Ned? It's the Ned, called? yeah, New Zealand one. Mm. Um, it's a Botrytis uh, Sauvignon Blanc, which means they leave the, the Sauvignon Blanc uh, grapes out an extra three weeks. So they almost whizzle on the vine, end up with a tiny drop of juice coming out of each one. But it's a very concentrated, high sugar 
um, uh, juice that comes. So the, the, it's quite expensive because there's such a small yield out of what they do. Um, but it's smashing. It's lovely. Just a little tipple of it. You know, it's not a glass. It's like it's, a sherry yeah. glass portion. Exactly. Like you would have with Not a glass of it, no. Hence it's in half bottles. The idea is the half bottle will serve nine, ten people. Maybe. Would you put ice in that? Oh God, no. But would you serve it chilled? Yes. Not too chilled now. Not ice cold because you won't taste it. It's more, you know, like your fridge, your normal fridge that you'd have. You know, where you, people drink white wine, they tend to like it really cold. You know, where they'd sit in ice to make sure it chills down. But dessert wine doesn't need to be that cold at all. You just won't taste it and it'd be a terrible waste because it's not cheap. In terms of people buying presents of wine now for Christmas, is there certain types of wine that prove to be very popular as a gift option? Well, we do an awful lot of two packs and, you know, single bottle packs, you know, where you'd have companies that would um, give them out to either customers or whatever the case, suppliers or whatever it may be. Uh, now, they're very popular because you can basically put anything you want into them. Um, they come in a nice box. So people tend to put in either Pinot Grigio or Sauvignon Blanc because that's the most all-rounder. Um, and then they pick a Merlot, Cabernet, maybe Shiraz or Malbec. That's about the four really they put up. Now, the tint, France gets gets a good lift in December. People go back to French product again. Um, and New Zealand does really well. Um, but Italy, I think, is always a perfect one because you've an icy have a Pinot Grigio, which kind of suits a lot of people. And some great reds, some really nice reds that you don't see around that much. And it looks like you put a bit of thought into it. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm sure you're flat out between now and Christmas. So if people, yeah, it's a great time of year. If yeah. people want to get in touch with you, just go onto the website, forestry.ie, and make contact, and you'll be taking orders for the next week or so. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming in tonight to tell us about those, and we wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for all your contributions no every month. We really appreciate you coming thank into you. the great studio. Show. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. My name is Manuela Spinelli. I am Secretary General at Eurotalks Ireland. My favourite Christmas food is my mum's roast rabbit, although by the time we actually get to eating the roast rabbit, I'm already full from the zillion starters that um, have come before it. Something that's never missing from our table at Christmas is also marron glacé which is a special treat that mom buys every Christmas since we're little and continues to do so. Buon Natale a tutti, happy Christmas everybody. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie, voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and thanks to Manuela Spinelli, Secretary General with Eurotalk, whose voice you might recognise as she was Trapattoni's interpreter back in the day or possibly more recently during the papal visit last summer. 
And just before the break, I was talking to Ron Forrestal about his wine recommendations and suggestions for the festive season. If you're just tuning in now, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website. Now, regular listeners will know that I put a call out for you to share your Christmas memories, recipes and tips. And Pat Mulcahy, who is known as the Mindful Farmer, sent me a very special story that he wrote and recorded. Pat is from West Limerick originally and is now resident in Mitchellstown, County Cork, where he, along with his wife Miriam, runs Ballinwillen House Farm, the only combined organic farmed venison, wild boar and goat farm in Ireland and the UK. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. As a child with beautiful and imaginative open eyes that fill our hearts with warmth, wonder and excitement and of course the waiting to see what the great big man in red with his white flowing beard and his herd of high flying deer might bring through the clean chimney to the bedside. I also prepared gifts of sustenance for him tempered suitably by my father's guidance. On Christmas Eve there was a fastidious preparation for midnight mass. My mother called it the witness of the child Jesus being brought into the world by all of us and for all of us. We were polished like new brass and gleamed like little twinkling stars. We filed into the church to celebrate the birth of the child Jesus and filled the pews as clerical society ordered. When mass was through, it was homeward bound with speed where the fresh smoked ham was masterly prepared by my father. The whole parish appeared family by family singing and dancing into the small hours of Christmas morning, until the bone gradually appeared in the ham. Bed for a few hours, and amazingly I slept, even though I promised myself I wouldn't. I jumped up in the heavily quilted bed, burst open the ties with a percentage happiness, and took my brand new hurley out to gather up the cows. The cows even seemed happier this morning, the milk seemed fresher, the piglets seemed to be dancing happier than ever, cock was crowing louder, the whole din and atmosphere was electric. With the morning's work complete, the attention now started towards the Christmas dinner. Turkey had been suffering since 6am, stuffed to the skins. The Brussels sprouts were peeled of their dignity and rendered to perfection. All the other trimmings were on the ready. Mother and father were excellent cooks. They knew their meats to perfection, knew their veg and sauces to compete beyond any of the modern day chefs. All was ready. Now for the big event, the Christmas dinner. Around the table was always full of family, some friends, and the odd relative self-explanatory. Course by course, the ritual was performed. The highlight was the carving of the turkey beast in excess of 30 pounds, and the smoked ham from a specially selected pig that had been fed on grains and fruits. That was like Pavarotti yielding with artistry his glistening knife, which I still reverently possess. Mother sweetened the entire event, as she always did in daily life, with her wonderful sherry trifle. 
Shane Ross's new drink-driving laws would be out of bounds due to the gracious and copious amounts of sherry and brandy. I was too excited to eat much, but later I would eat enough for an army of men when the excitement of my new ties abated. At the end of the feast, we were all tranquilised in deep slumber by the compliments of food and desserts. No wine at our table in a modest tone, but it was busting with warmth and country belonging. The journey I have taken you is a personal one. I've always longed for Christmas at home as life speeds along. Mam and Dad have passed down from this earth, but are now my spiritual gardens. They chastise me sometimes for being a Christmas grouch, and correctly so. This year and for every Christmas fort, I promise to offer peace, generosity and health to whom I encounter, and especially to the loved ones of whom there are many in my life. This Christmas, I beseech you all to respect this period of joy and happiness. It is a time to free your heart, place all your worries and anxieties into the mindful cupboard until this period is over. Let joy take over your mood to the wonder of life. Open your eyes and see friends who recognise you as kin. See the gift that life has given you, and above all, the health to enjoy who you want to be. Merry Christmas, The Mindful Farmer. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we heard a Christmas story by Pat Mulcahy, a.k.a. The Mindful Farmer from Ballinwillen House Farm in Mitchellstown, County Cork. And earlier in the programme, Ron Forrestal from Forrestal Wine Merchant shared his wine recommendations for the festive season and Manuela Spinelli told us about what she remembers most about Christmas in Italy. And just to let you know that the best possible taste is repeated on West Limerick 102 FM on Wednesday mornings at 8am. The podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app and it's also on the taste.ie website. Now our final interview this evening is with the man in red himself. Do you remember when I found myself in a secret location with Santa and found out all about his favourite foods? Let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. It's a desperate day out there, but I am extremely excited because I am on my way to see Santa Claus. He has agreed to give me an exclusive interview. He's obviously very busy because it's the run up to Christmas. There's only a few days left now for him and the elves to get everything organized. But he said, yep, come on out to this secret location in County Limerick and he would talk to me and answer whatever questions I have for him. So I'm on my way there now. The rain is lashing down. It's absolutely miserable. I'd say he wishes he was back in the North Pole. Wouldn't be so wet and windy there. Travelling down this teeny tiny road, it's very overgrown, 
and I'm just looking for the marker that I've been given. Can't tell you what it is. I think this is the right location now. Fingers crossed. Just pull in here. Hello, Hello, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. I'm Very Sharon nice. Noonan. Very nice. To meet you. Santa, thanks so much for having me here in your secret hideout in County Limerick. It's a bit strange for me to see you out of your Santa suit, but I, I suppose I should say that you're in a lovely red jumper today, so you are still looking very festive. You're here at home with Mrs. Claus. You have a lovely fire burning. Tell me, is she a good cook? She is an excellent cook. And what sort of dinners does she cook for you? What's your favourite dinner? My favourite dinner of all is bacon and cabbage for the main course with rice for dessert. Rice pudding? Rice pudding. And do you like a little bit of cream in it or some fruit? Ice cream. I don't like cream, oh, but ice cream is okay. A little bit of jam. That yeah. sounds delicious. That kind of stuff, yeah. And tell me, on Christmas Eve then, is that what you would eat before you would set off out on your epic journey around the world? That it is. That's what I would what I would have on Christmas Eve before I head for Newcastle West and Ratkeel and Abbey Field, Fines, Askeaton, all the towns around this area and um, all the little boys and girls are very good. They're going to bed early, going to sleep. And waking up early on Christmas morning to show Mammy and Daddy their toys. Not too early, Santa. Well, Mammy and Daddy are waiting to see them too. I'm sure the Mammies and Daddies love to see the toys now on, on Christmas Day, but not too early, Santa. And they oh. must have a good breakfast before they start eating all the sweets and chocolate. So I think they should yeah. be having a nice big bowl of porridge first. Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. Now, there might be some leftovers from you because you love the boys and girls to leave you leave you out a little bit of a snack. Yeah. And tell me, what's your favourite snack? Beans on toast. Beans on toast. Is my favourite snack. And do you get those in lots of houses that you come to? I do, but I just take a small bit okay. and move on again. What is the most unusual snack you've come across in all your time delivering? Oh, that's a difficult one now. It would depend where I am in the world. Every country has its own little favourites. So I think it's important to try everything. Just try a little bit of everything. And I wouldn't pick any one thing out as most unusual. Just try everything and you'll find something you like. And that's great advice to children, isn't it? That they should always give something a try. And if they don't like it, then that's fine. But they should taste everything that their mummies and daddies and aunties and uncles and grandparents put yes. in front of them. Yes, especially fruit and vegetables, carrots and parsnips and oranges, apples, pears, all those. Try them. If you were in France, for example, they'd hardly leave you beans and toast in France, would they? No. In France and in Italy as well, um, the, the snack would be some cheese and crackers. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And in Spain, a bit of tapas. Oh, so you get a little bit of everything Just then a in little Spain. bit of everything, yeah. And New Zealand, the other side of the world completely, pavlova. Oh, because that would be their traditional dessert, wouldn't yes. it? Yes. That must be a lovely treat for oh, you. Oh, that is correct. That is a beautiful sweet. You must be full up to the brim by the time you're you're finished your rounds. I am full up, but I just small bit everywhere I go. 
Have you ever arrived at a house and found mummy and daddy eating your snack? Not really. The mummies and daddies leave a little snack for me and they go away. They go to bed themselves, so when I come, they're gone too. Sounds like they're very good at setting a good example for their children. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Some children might try to stay up late because they they want to meet you, or they might pretend they're asleep, but they're not really asleep. Yeah. But you always know if they're asleep I or not. I always know, and I might not leave presents. If they're awake and they stay awake and they want to see me, I might pass by. I might go into their brother's or sister's room and leave the presents, and I might leave their, their room with no presents. So they must go to sleep. And the presents, like that's a huge load for all the reindeers to carry there in the sleigh. So they must get very tired and they must need something to eat as well to energise them. Yes, they do. But we, we, Santa and his reindeers are like magic. We bring toys for all the children of the world and they never complain and then they trot along. And we, we never, we never, I never have to use the whip. I carry a big whip but I never have to use it. And um, they like a little snack as well. While I'm, while I'm having my beans on toast, they would chew on a carrot or something like that, maybe a little bit of hay. And Rudolph's nose would be nice and red from the cold if it's a cold night. And so would the other reindeers. You are looking extremely trim. How do you manage to keep so fit and healthy whenever you have all those snacks to eat on Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve is special. But during the year, I eat healthy and I take plenty of exercise, get outdoors, walking, cycling, a bit of swimming, and it all helps. It's most important and to eat healthy food and for the children as well as the mammies and daddies. The daddies must clean the chimneys so that I don't get my nice red suit dirty. Oh, because I don't think Mrs. Claus would like that, having to wash it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I don't want them going up on the roof because that's dangerous. They clean the chimney from inside, shove a brush up and put down sheets on the floor and on the furniture so that the mammies aren't cross. And we never asked you what you like to drink whenever you arrive at the house. Well, I think the nicest thing to leave out for Santi is a cup of tea. How do you take your tea? Do you take milk and sugar? I do. I take one sugar. Too much sugar is not good and just a drop of milk. On Christmas Day then, you and the elves and Mrs Claus, do you all sit down and have a nice big Christmas dinner? We relax. Everything is done. All the little children have their presents got. The mammies and daddies are fine and content and happy and it's all over for another year. Santa, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me here in your secret hideout in County Limerick. Just remind the children now what they have to do on Christmas Eve. Okay, Sharon. Now all the little boys and girls have to go to bed early and go to sleep. You're excited because Santa is coming, but go to sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, nice and early, call Mammy and Daddy, wake them. They might might pretend to be cross, but they won't really be. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow 
It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own front door A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots Is the wish of Barney and Ben Dawes that'll talk and we'll go for a walk Is the hope of Janice and Jen And Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go There's a tree in the Grand Hotel One in the park as well It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that'll make them ring Is the carol that you sing right within your heart Look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door Sure it's Christmas once more. Bon appetit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. So lovely to remember that interview with Santa from a few years ago. And don't forget to stock up on the beans for him this Christmas. Must be fair windy for him and the reindeer and I'll leave it at that. Thanks so much to everyone who contributed to the show this evening and of course to you for listening. I'm very grateful for your support throughout the year and I wish you and yours a very happy Christmas full of lots of delicious food and fabulous fun. I'll be back in the new year all being well. So until then, a very festive Bon appetit. Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org. As in, Queen of Organisation. Bon appetit.